You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another controversial or thought-provoking episode Uh-oh. of Ask Drone You. If you've been paying attention over the last couple weeks, I'm sure you have seen some of the Ask Drone You news shows with the Flying Dutchman and myself. Well, if you have been keeping up on that, then you know that we have, well, accurately predicted the launch of the Mavic Air 2. But mm. also, as you guys know, in these news shows, I've been asking the question... Are people really going to buy this drone uh, in the wake of the crisis and the uh, the economy as a whole? Are people really going to be spending this kind of money on an aircraft? I mean, now that we know that DJI sales are down 80% and it was before the virus, before the virus. So what effect did ro- Remote ID have on drone sales? Uh, astronomical effect. So... Uh, I think uh, the FAA, well, you were successful in scaring everyone away from flight. So good job, guys uh, and girls. Um, But that that being, don't want to leave you out either. Uh, But that being said, I really wondered, you know, the commercial viability of this aircraft and, and how people would respond to it. And, you know, it, it, you know, Rob and I this morning, we had a great conversation kind of about, you know, should we, should we really... Uh, throw a class on mm-hmm. this particular aircraft, and I said, you know what, Rob, I think it is a toy. I don't think it's a tool. I think it's a distraction, and mm-hmm. I think we should keep moving forward. And then Rob said, well, hold on here a minute, and what, <laughs> and, uh, and what, I mean, what, yeah. what's your perception? Yeah, well, I think my very specific comment was toy or tool. I think it's cool. And so then the question becomes, is it worth upgrading, right? For example, I think a lot of people know that I like to towed around the Mavic Air, and so I'm kind of leaving it up to you experts as to whether or not it's worth moving up to the Air 2, because you're right, in my particular case, and I guess frankly everybody's case, right, you're not going to necessarily be using this for commercial purposes, we're going to get into that and why, but for going on a trip to Europe, shall we say, this would be a good drone, I would imagine. So I could definitely see buying it for that, but it doesn't seem like the majority of people are agreeing with that sentiment. Well, yeah, uh, I yes, very interesting perspective because as you said, I wanted to take this to Europe. I was like, huh, what drone would I want to take to Europe? And then I was like, well, I know a drone I could take and not have to deal with any political bullshit. The Mini? <laughs> the Mini, yeah. Sure. But that's not a drone I like flying at all. Uh, and I think the propensity for safety is very low. But uh, yeah, I w- sorry, I was just thinking this through so as you would, said you'd it. So you probably take the Mavic 2 Pro? Um, if I could only take one drone, I would take mm-hmm. the Phantom. Um, really? Yeah. You tote that thing around, even in a backpack Europe trip? Oh, yeah. I'm not lazy, my friend. I, uh, I like a challenge. Well, I have seen your uh, plethora of gear on any given trip. I would say some of my favorite moments in the airport are uh, fraught with people um, pointing me out in the airport and uh, how fast I'm walking and that they're upset that I'm outpacing them and because I'm I'm a little frustrated that they're in my way. And I've had some people say, you know, slow down to smell the roses. And uh, I have, may or may not have responded very egregiously. <laughs> uh, and uh, But one time I tried to We're be... We're taking l- bets on the whole may or may not have, <laughs> yeah. by the way. <laughs> 
Uh, one time, though, uh, a lady uh, called me out and I said, well, ma'am, think about it this way. I have 100 pounds of gear on my body and I'm outpacing you two to one. So uh, who's the real loser here? <laughs> I don't understand why they cared, but whatever. I don't either. I don't either. Anyway, it goes, you know, you bring up a good point. People don't like carrying drones, Rob. They don't like the big backpacks. They don't like taking them everywhere. And you know what? To your point about Europe, it would be awesome if I could fit a drone or two in my camera backpack. And with the Mavic Air 2, you really can. But I really wanted to get into the details about, is this drone commercially viable? Because right. there's a couple of specifics or specifications, excuse me, that really beg the question. I mean, it, they really beg the question because we're seeing some stuff on on this drone where people are asking questions like, hmm, is this a good mapping drone? Is this a good inspection drone? Is this a commercially viable drone? So the first thing that I saw, Rob, that really got me interesting, uh, really, 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 really interested was the fact that the gimbal can turn 24 degrees upwards, which is pretty good hmm. in comparison to the old air, which couldn't do very much. But... When it comes to the Mavic 2 Air, it looks like, once again, no attitude mode. And it looks like, you know, we are getting a half-inch sensor. I don't think I've ever seen a sensor the size of a half-inch. I've never heard of a half-inch sensor. Really? No. Hmm. And, you know, people are saying, Interesting. people are saying, hey, this is a 48-megapixel drone. How are they getting to that? What's what's really going on there? What kind of sorcery are we talking about? I, I, uh, sorcery. What a great word. What a great way to put it, Rob. Um, a sorcery uh, is called pixel doubling, or in this case, uh, pix <laughs> pixel quadrupling. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, in Pix4D, we call it image scaling, um, which essentially means, um, like, for example, if you ever run a, a mapping project, and if you've ever taken one of our classes, you know, we always process our map at rapid low res because what it does is half image scale. What does that mean? Well, if we take two pixels or if we take one pixel, okay, and then we chop it in half, now we have two. So that's what the software does to try to reduce the load of how many points it has to measure and mark, okay? And if you do full size processing, it's a one-to-one, -one, meaning it's using each individual pixel to make a map. Hmm. So... Why is this important? Uh, a lot of people have argued, well, wouldn't a 48 megapixel sensor uh, give us better drone data as far as drone mapping? And the answer is no. The answer is a hard, hard, hard no. Hmm. Um, again, we have to look at how many megapixels are we getting for the image sensor size. And this is still a 12 megapixel image sensor. Now, the 12 megapixels on this particular sensor are probably a lot better than what you would find on, say, a Mavic 2 Enterprise, which is a 1 over 2 thirds sensor, or a Mavic Air, or a Mavic Mini, right? So we have a slightly larger sensor, which means more light in each individual pixel, okay? And that hmm. typically means better data. Now, when it comes to the shutter, Mm, let me make sure. Hold on. Hold on. I'm pretty sure they left it out. Yep, they sure did. They didn't even put the shutter on the spec sheet. So you know what? I'm going to guess 100% accurately that it's not a mechanical global shutter. <laughs> so do we want to use it for mapping, Rob? 
Absolutely not. But why Thank would you. they put? Why would they leave that out? Uh, because confusion is sometimes better than an answer. If you have one data point unanswered and you're not technically savvy, you're still probably going to feel good about the drone and buy it. Or they're not even. They wouldn't even begin to suggest that it should be used for mapping. Or that. Right. Yes. Hmm. I guess we won't really ever know. No, and <laughs> some of us like benefiting of the doubting more than others, right? <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> but in this case, yeah. I mean, who knows? You're right. But it's interesting to think about. So as far as is this drone commercially viable, as far as mapping, the answer is no. Now, when it comes to videography, is this drone commercially viable, right? It shoots 4K 60 frames per second. Well, I don't have one of these drones with me, but luckily my good friend... The Flying Dutchman does. <laughs> I just love that. I do too. <laughs> uh, and the Flying Dutchman has let me know that when we go to 4K60, we do get a little bit of a crop in the image. And yes. Explain that briefly. Okay. So what that Please. means is like, um, let's say that our field of view is my computer screen when we're shooting 4K30, okay. right? And then when we shoot 4K60, essentially what happens is my screen goes whoop. And we just are seeing, like, it's kind of like zooming into the picture, but we're now blowing up the picture to fill the frame. Oh. Yeah. So, so quality goes down. Quality goes down. So it's not a true 4K60. It's the same issue that we have on the X7, right? It's really not a Super 35 when you're shooting 4K60. Interesting. It's really more shooting like a one-inch sensor. So it's a complete software solution. Yes. But it doesn't actually accomplish what one might expect it to, given the specs yes. as presented. Yes. Man, that is so important to go deeper and understand these details. Well, like another detail so, that I had, right, was aspect ratio. What aspect ratios does it shoot in? And did it, did it give that? It's not on the spec sheet. Yeah. So back to the point about videography and the cropping issue that you described, where does that become an issue? At what point is that really detrimental to what you're trying to accomplish. Well, for me, if I were to go like, so I've worked on set and got back into working on set this last year and up until the virus. And I just have a really good sense of what they're looking for. And, and, and really what they're looking for depends on the scene. Sometimes they want you to shoot, um, you know, scouting VFX shots that are a certain way. Sometimes you're a part of an action sequence. Sometimes it's just a very simple, slow-moving establishing shot. And those typical shots, people want the big drones where they can focus on color and detail and, mm -hmm. and everything. But I've noticed across all of those three particular drone jobs, there are a couple things that every studio that I've worked with is expecting. And because I'm not giving out that information for free, let's just say that this drone doesn't offer any of those check boxes. Interesting. So for me, you know, and then I thought to myself, how much did I use the Mavic Air, right? I took the Mavic Air when I went out and met Danello in Florida. And that ended up being a complete waste of money. But I built a good relationship, so I'm happy with that because Jason's a good guy. But it wasn't really uh, financially uh, viable. And now I know to take people at a, with a grain of salt. So, you know, I guess that there is value in there because there's learning. There's lessons to be learned. Sure. Experiences, um, relationships, absolutely. But when I went and flew with Danello, I hated flying that drone. 
It just did not have the maneuverability I was used to. Sure. And the and this is what this is the one key thing I'm wondering on the Mavic Air too. With the Mavic Air, whenever you go into a hard banking left turn or a hard banking right turn, the camera always goes into FPV mode. Well, what does that mean? That means the camera rolls with the drone. I really did not like that. Hmm. So I mean. All right. Yeah. So uh, so no attitude mode, so I can't stop a flyaway. I can't fly it in a GPS-negative environment. It only has one compass, whereas the Mavic 2 Pro has two. And the Mavic 2 Pro has two IMUs. So that means we have double redundancy. Now, if we really go down the rabbit hole, it's not actually double redundancy because they're wired in serial. What does that mean? If one fails, they both fail. Mm -hmm. So why even do it? Marketing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's expensive. Anyways. It also sells more drones. Check this review out. Okay. It can shoot 4K video at up to 120 frames per second. Mm-hmm. And the it's ability to take 48 megapixel still images. And I bring that up because... Notice it says, though, it has a few tricks, like the ability to take 48 megapixel stills. So when you actually go to take a photo with the Mavic Air 2, the default mode is 12 megapixels. You have to go in and change it to 48. And it's kind of like sharpening up your image and adding more detail. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess my, my point in bringing that up is just be very careful about what you're reading and and be skeptical, essentially. You mean you have, I mean, we, I guess we all know that in today's day and age. 4K but 120, I have a spec sheet right here. Yeah, that, I think that's just an error. Or maybe it's something checking that they heard, because I saw yeah, 60 as well. That is an error. It's 4K 60 only. Yeah, so, there's and no this is a very reputable, reputable in the sense that there's a lot of followers, I guess. Um, it's those guys. Oh, see, this is why you don't follow YouTubers. Anyway. I'm just telling you, though, there a lot of people are, right? Well, sure, and a lot of people are not successful. <laughs> and so that's why we're here, yeah. is to make sure that people are careful about this information that they're getting and that they're making decisions based on, because this is flat out caca. Yes, it is. But also, one thing Haya said is be careful what you say because they're going to have a firmware update and they're going to add more features to it. But again, in that particular scenario, I mean, I heard him say that and he's absolutely right, but those are software solutions that aren't really necessarily getting you to the full... 60 frames per second, like you just described, right? True. But also the other thing is because of what they're doing to this sensor, it's terrible in low light. Why is that important? At these higher frame rates, you're going to get this really flashy look that doesn't look like legit slow-mo. It just looks poorly done. And actually, I think the best review that I've seen so far on the Mavic Air 2 was Philip Bloom, who I was joking that he and I got in a fight at a DJI conference one year, which is kind of funny. But, you know, he talks about how crap the low light is, but then he does a slow-mo of the drone showing how crappy the camera that he's filming with is too. So (laughs) I found it really funny. But it was a really good review because he talks about how a lot of DJI sensors are over-sharpened to give you this idea that it's a sharper, newer, nicer camera when in all aspects it's not. Interesting. And, you know, he was saying that he likes it's a really, really wide field of view and he likes that you can do some of this slow-mo stuff. But he did mention, you know, because you're not getting a lot out of the sensor lighting wise, it's very limiting in the slow-mo you can shoot. Hmm. So, yeah. All right. So what about photography? 
Well, good news, and this is probably a great segue to end this show, but we're going to have award-winning photographer Vic Moss on the show. We've already got images from this drone, and we are really excited to have a professional award-winning photographer uh, edit these photos right in front of us, and we're going to talk about what, is, what do you see, what do you like, what do you not like, and uh, is it worth it? Now, Vic did already buy one of these drones. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we don't have one. And we ran a poll, Rob. We ran a poll. In fact, let me check the most recent results of said poll. We we looked at the community and we said, all right, guys, we're seeing a lot of... um, we're seeing a lot of, you know, noise in the world as far as the Mavic Air 2. When it comes to commercial viability, what do you think? Are you going to be, here's what I said, whether you're considering to buy the Mavic Air 2 for work or to shoot kiddos at home, are you going to buy one? I posted this poll two hours ago, and let me see how many respondents we have here. So we have 55 respondents in two hours, and... 50 of the 55 respondents said, no, they're not buying one. It doesn't make sense right now. Hmm. That's an overwhelming majority. Now, either that says one of two things. Number one, the audience that we speak to is either very focused on commercial and they look at this as I only buy things that I can make money off of, a.k.a. tool, not a toy. So it either says that our audience is hyper-focused in, in making monies and turning their dreams into reality Um or it says that everyone thinks that this is like DJI saying to Autel Evo, oh, you have a 48 megapixel 8K sensor? Hold my beer. <laughs> and two months later, boom! Oh, we could do that. And here, here it is on a Hasselblad sensor. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, and that said, I, DJI, nowhere that I've seen, has said this is your best commercial opportunity, right? I mean, Correct. nobody is saying that, but n- not that it's not good to go through this exercise and really talk about it. I mean, after this exercise that we've talked about, let me recap, right? Number one, no attitude mode. Number two that I didn't talk about was uh, battery voltage on main screen is not available. You have to actually click the battery information and leave the entire battery information on screen. Point number three, I didn't like that there was a single IMU, single compass. I would like to have a little bit of redundancy. I love the fact that this is the sensor that it is. I mean, can you really get a sensor like this, this cheap, question mark? I like the fact that it has hyperlapse, but I already have a drone that does that. Um, I like the 4K60, but I'm not going to buy a drone that it's like kind of fake 4K60. I want true 4K60. For me, I'm just saying because I can't stop a flyaway with attitude mode, I cannot control this thing in a GPS negative environment. I don't know if it's hackable yet. I'm going to, I have a dirty friend of mine looking to see if we can play our dirty little tricks on it. <laughs> dirty friend of mine. Um, I'm sure they'll find a way. Yes, I am too. But honestly, I think this is a distraction right now. And I have to say, you know, with this whole Rick Scott bill and Peter Navarro and the industry really saying we need an American drone manufacturer and screw the Chinese, you need to be really careful when you say that. I think we just need a fair, even playing field for everyone to play on and then we'll be okay. And this is why I say that because... 
you know, people can take the message of, you know, screw one country or another way too far. And if you're reading these bills, you seriously cannot use a Chinese made SD card. And if you're expecting American manufacturers to just come right behind DJI and fulfill our needs, you are high as a kite. Why? Most American drones. You are high as a DJI drone. Yeah, you literally higher, <laughs> way higher. Okay. Like Ryan Carlton effect. You are up there. All right. Um, if you think that the American manufacturing market is going to come behind and fulfill the service and needs at a price point that's relevant for the industry to continue growth, we are thinking in la la land. 90% of these American drone companies, 90, actually I say 95%, I just checked one, one of them is all American. Um, <laughs> we, we can, I, I just we, don't see it happening. So. Yeah. I mean, we're hopeful, right? Yeah. We're hopeful. But, so I want to clarify one thing because I know that people will comment on this and that is just a little bit earlier in the show, you said that the Mavic 2 having the two IMUs and the two GPS units, right? Mm -hmm. That it was purported to be a form of redundancy, but if it's not, it's only about marketing. It's not a true form of redundancy, correct. Okay, but then you said you wish that the Mavic Air 2 had it. Yes, so I do. bridge that gap because, well, because that's it's contradictory. Just a, it's just a couple more data points that would allow me to know I have a very serious problem in the sky. Okay, so okay. there is some functional beneficiality to that. I would is say it's word? like an advanced warning system, but it's not going to be a true hardware switch that saves Understand. the bird. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So, but there is some value to it. Yes, I think Hence so. Hence you saying you wish the Mavic Air 2 had it. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because, yeah, I don't want people... No, the heat, is, the heat is on because I think this will definitely be a little controversial, especially when you add the whole China versus America in the wake of an administration that's very anti-Chinese. And look, well, I, I'm negating everything outside of the drone industry, okay? We have to be objectionable. We have to make decisions as a collective on who it's going to affect as a whole. Because if we run down this anti-China philosophy and think that everything is a security issue, and you've heard me say that there are security issues with some of these drones, but that is solved by nixing a transmission network. What does that look like? If you don't let it connect to the internet, uh, it can't send information to another country. It's not physically possible. Literally, the signal can't get past the 13 miles of curvature of the earth. <laughs> so, unless China is setting up all these aeroscope receivers in the middle of the roads all over cities, I don't see it as a problem. And I think the rhetoric of anti-China would end up hurting the drone industry way more than what people are giving it credence to. Hundreds of thousands of jobs gone, like literally overnight. So I bring this up not mm. to start a whole debate about, you know, bringing uh, manufacturing back to America. Look, I agree we should have manufacturing back in America. And I think with the virus, I think we're actually seeing uh, the end of globalization as we know it. I think we are seeing trade tensions and self-preservation at a new all-time high. And again, if you've been listening to the podcast, we've been talking about the fourth turning, that book, and all of this is in the book. Um, and, you know, 
We have to be careful because yes, there are security issues with drones, but they are very easily solvable. And until we have a solution that's sub $5,000 that can do everything a DJI Phantom can do, we really don't have a solution. And in the meantime, the only people that are going to hurt are going to be the drone pilots and their families and their companies. And Rob, I think if that particular executive order were to go through in addition to remote ID, it would just be full all out non-compliance. People would just not care anymore. But that would also suck for us. Mm-hmm. Like hardcore. So Well, we'd be going uh, real hard in Australia and in uh, the UK and... <laughs> I think this we have is, a message and it's going somewhere where people yeah. are willing to listen and it benefits them. Well, that's I mean, what I'd say to that. Yeah. I mean, this, I think the industry has realized the, the value that we bring, even though it was uh, heavily doubted in the, in the early days. But that being said, uh, maybe this is why John McBride went to Canada. He's like, well, can't, can't sell these here anymore. <laughs> it's time to move. <laughs> well played, John. Hey. Well played. Business is about pivots. <laughs> it right? sure is. It sure is. Just don't leave Let's all be your the friends. the Barry Sanders of uh, Yeah, just of the don't, don't leave all your friends in the week. Right? Uh, so well, yeah. anyway, I think, I think this is a, a great question, but make sure to stay tuned. Commercial viability, we talked about it. I think the answer is up to you. Personally, for me, I, I don't see it, but I could be wrong. There could be something new that we don't know about the drone that could come out. And maybe there is one cool thing that the drone can do and it ends up in the toolbox, right? Like the Mavic 2 Enterprise. There's a lot of really cool creative stuff you can do with that drone and a lot of people don't know about it. So, you know, there's value in that drone, even for creators, but Mavic Air 2? Uh, I, uh, in a time when disposable income is rather low, Rob, I am really questioning the viability. We shall see. We shall. Make sure to stay tuned for Vic Moss's photography review. Who knows? We could be blown out of the water, and this thing could be the secret that every realtor needs to be successful in the wake of the virus. Doubtful, but we'll find out. So, Indeed. We thank you g- for joining us, by the way. Yes, thank you for a non-standardized opening. AskDroneU.com. Send us a question. We know you have them. Take a few minutes. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear those business questions, mm-hmm. too. So, anyway, thank you again. My name's Paul. My name's Rob. This is... Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.